Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. We're going to look at 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings chapter 17. Um, if you got your phones, you can look up on the screens, but we're going to get to that point. Uh, we're talking about generosity, all right? So, and it says this, And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I uh, stand, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except at my word. It ain't going to happen until I say it. Then the word of the Lord came to him and said, Get away from here and go to the east and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan, and it will be that you shall drink from the brook that I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens, the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank it from the brook. And after it happened, after a while, the brook dried up. How many of you know seasons do end? because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. She's going to be generous to you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow woman was there gathering sticks, and he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup. That's the easy thing. She said, no problem, I'll do that. And she said, uh, also, bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. She said, hold up. That's a little bit too much. As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread. Only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. See, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, do what you said you're going to do, but make me a cake first and bring it to me. And afterwards, make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and her son and her household ate many days. For the flour was never used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. I want to talk to you, if I can, from the topic in these next couple of moments. What lies beneath? What lies beneath? See, we, 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 we do a lot of surface things and a lot of face things. And I oftentimes say that people know how to put up a good front. People, amen, know how to perp. People know how to show the good side. But oftentimes, I oftentimes say, don't ever get uh, uh, so enthralled or enamored by what you see within the first six, nine, three, 12 months of a person. See, because you really don't know that person until you've been around them a full cycle. And then when you see the other side, then you can make an assessment in regards to the person. My thing is this. Oftentimes, we have a forward faith that we show people. But God is saying, I'm going to test you because I want to show you what's in you. All right, let's, let's get into this. Uh, I want to begin by saying that from the forefront, right from the beginning, uh, in order to understand church, in order to understand people, in order to understand uh, uh, generosity, in order to understand life, you will never get an understanding of any of these things unless you first get an understanding of who God is. When we begin to seek wisdom, the Bible says this, that the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, not in the sense of, of terror or fright, because I don't want my, my child or my children to be afraid of me, all right? But it means a reverence or a respect. 
And when we begin to wise up, the moment uh, we get this reverence or respect for God is the moment that things will begin to shift in our lives. Because the moment that things shift is because we are putting the position where we have to reprioritize or prioritize. Oftentimes, this is wrong with many people because God is not number one on the list. Oftentimes, amen, we put family, we put uh, children, we put job, we put all of these different things in the place that God be. And God is saying that I'm not going to follow any other thing, especially the things that I created. And when you reprioritize and put things first, it's putting God in the position where he can pour out blessings on our lives and he can be generous to us. Just flow with me. I'm going to turn up in a minute, all right? Just, just roll with me. I know we're now living in this grace period. Just hear me. To where everyone's preaching grace. Let me help you out with that. This is not a knock against anybody. This is not a come against. I'm just giving it to you the way the Lord gave it to me. Is that all right? See, grace, amen, if it's taught as a doctrine, is an incomplete gospel. You have to understand that grace is a part of what God wants us to be a part of and wants us to receive. But there's a difference between being graced to do something and there's a difference between being blessed to do something. Let me explain the difference. See, grace is free. Grace is unmerited. Grace, anybody can receive grace. The president can receive grace. The murderer can receive grace. Anybody can receive grace because it's something that God gives, amen, to each and every single one of us, whether we're worthy of it or not. But to be blessed, hear me, always requires an act or a movement in obedience to what God has said so that you can line yourself up in a position to receive something that only he can pour out on you. And many people are comfortable with just being graced when God is saying, I want you to move from being graced to being blessed. I come today to let somebody know this is what God is saying as it relates to realigning yourself. This is why it says over in Matthew 6 and 33, to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. See, it's a matter of positioning when you can position yourself, amen, to seek him first above the child, above the job, above the church, above everything else. And when you seek him first, the thing that you've been seeking will find itself in attack yourself to you. How many people are positioning themselves on this morning, even as I'm talking, to be blessed by God? The Lord wants you to know that you are one move away from being blessed. One move away from your household being blessed. One move away from your children being blessed. One move away from you receiving an outpouring from heaven, amen, that the Lord will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out so much of a blessing that you won't have room enough to receive. And this is what God is saying because the king, when he gives something, he doesn't give out of what he has. He gives according to what he has. The Lord said that he will bless us according to his riches and glory. He didn't say out of because if he gave it to us out of, he would run out of what he had but according to me that there's an endless supply that God wants to give to us and when we do what it is that he's calling for us to do how many of you know that you're going to be positioned to be blessed by God like never before just tell somebody don't touch them because we you know just tell them amen you're one move away to put God first means to understand that he's omniscient. Trust me, we're going somewhere. It means, amen, that we understand that he's omnipotent, that he has all power in his hands, that nobody can vote him in and nobody can vote him out, that he was God before you got here. He'll be God after you're gone. He'll be God whether you have an attitude or not, whether you throw a tantrum, whether you stomp your feet, whether you get mad at his decrees, he's still going to be God. How many of you know, amen, that he's God and he's God all by himself? He's omnipresent, that he's everywhere and he's anywhere. Amen. That before you got here, he was here. That amen, when you leave, he'll still be there. Amen. How many of you know the song used to say he's here, there, and everywhere? That wherever you go, amen, the Lord's presence is already there because he's omnipresent. I, I love this one. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. You need to know in regards to yourself on this morning that before the problem came your way, the Lord knew that the problem would come your way. The Lord knew that the situation would come your way and he promised not only would you go into the situation but that you're going to come out on the other side 
Let me give you Bible because this is what he said to the children of Israel. He told them, amen, you're going to go into bondage for 400 years. He said, and after 400 years, you'll be delivered to move into a land that flows with milk and honey. See, my thing is this. You need to know that your problem has an expiration date attached to it. Don't you dare quit in the middle of it. Don't you get angry. Don't you boo. My thing is just go through whatever motions you need to go through, but you need to declare that this will come to an end and my story will not end until God gets the glory this is how God wants us to look because he's alpha and omega the beginning and the end he said amen I declared the end of a thing before the beginning and when you understand how he moves God will never ever leave you in a situation that you can't get out of this is a fixed fight bro this is a fixed fight Pastor Marquez, this is a fixed fight. So when you understand fixed fight, well, I used to like wrestling. You can tell, right? And my favorite wrestler was Bret the Hitman Hart. I just had to get that one in. See, 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 so, so you understand. See, I got mad at the Montreal blank job. I, I got mad. See, my thing is this. When you understand, it was a fixed fight. But what I didn't understand when I was smaller is that the wrestlers would hang together. They would eat together. They would go through the script. They would understand who's going to win, who's going to lose. See, and this is what God is saying. No matter what is happening in your life, it is a fixed fight. The enemy may think he has you. The enemy may think he got you. The enemy may think that this is the end. But you need to know that greater is he that is in you than he who is in the world. And no matter what you are going up against, somebody needs to declare right now that this fight that I'm going through is already fixed. In fact, this fight is not even mine. It belongs to the Lord. So I'm turning it over to him. And the Bible says that he neither sleeps nor slumber. So while you up worrying about it, give him the ball and you go to sleep. Just tell somebody one more thing. Just tell them night night. I'm not going to sit up stressing about this, worrying about this. I'm not going to sit up getting hypertension behind this, getting diabetes behind this, all types of mental torment. I'm turning it over to the Lord, and I'm leaving it right there. This is the last day that God sent me here to tell you that you deal with this mental torment because the fight is already fixed. Oh. Thank y'all so much. You need a towel? Lou, you took the top off of that? Oh, man. All right. Can we keep going? See, here it is. To understand God is to understand his ways. See, before we can understand generosity, my thing is this. We can't, we can't give it a, a, a quick gloss over. You got to understand why God wants us to be generous, and you got to understand that he's given us a heart to be generous. These are the things that I'm going to explain right here in these next few minutes. See, because to understand how God moves is to understand who he is. The problem is, see, the children of Israel understood his acts. But the Bible says Moses understood his ways. There's a difference between understanding someone's acts Oh, he parted the Red Sea. Oh, he provided manna and quail. Oh, he, oh, see, see, and you get people who are enamored by the acts of God. But when you truly know who God is, you don't just want to know his acts, but you want to know his ways. Lord, why are you long-suffering? Why are you so forgiving? Why are you so loving? Why? See, because when you know his ways, you'll learn to trust the person even when you don't understand why they're doing what they're doing. When you understand who God is, y'all still flowing with me? When you understand who he is, how many of you know that you don't always understand how, why he does the things he do? See, because this is where the disciples messed up at. And see, and they said, Lord, call down thunder, call down lightning on them, kill them. And God said, no, because ultimately understand this. Our ways are not his ways and our thoughts are not his thoughts. And as far as the heavens are from the earth is how far his thoughts are from ours. And when you begin to understand his ways, then you begin to understand how he acts. Okay. All right. All right. God is saying that I'm still in control. Watch this. And though the enemy sent some things and meant it for evil, God said, I'll use it for the good. 
But God is saying, if you don't understand my ways, then you won't understand that this was a part of my strategy. Because God is a strategic God. I'm, I'm going somewhere, trust me. I'm not just rambling. The reason being is because everything that he does has a strategy. It's a strategy. He said this in Genesis uh, 8 and 22. He said, as long as the earth remains, that there will always be seed time and harvest. That there will always be a season for heat and there will always be a season for cold. That there will always be these seasons. Watch this, what I'm getting ready to say. Because it's a part of my strategy. Because God said, every time a tree dies, I'm not going to get up off my throne and plant another tree. But I'm going to put something inside of it. Watch what I'm getting ready to say. Because this is going to be the second scripture. And this is going to be the one that is most important because it's going to tie into what it is that Elijah is going to go through. Amen. With this widow woman and Zarephath. And then we're going to turn up. And then God's going to wreck us at this altar. Then we're going to pray and go home. Amen. Amen. All right. So, 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 so you got to get this. You got to get this. It's a part of his strategy. Strategy. Everybody say Strategy. God put a seed inside of the chicken, inside of the cow, inside of the eagle, inside of the hawk, inside of you, and inside of me. But watch this. But he allows things to happen to bring the seed out. So when we go, amen, to 2 Corinthians in, in chapter 9, and verse 6 through 11, you got to understand the Bible says he gives seed to the sower. And it's not talking about anything externally, but he's talking about the seed that he put inside of you. And you you need to understand that what he placed inside of you, he's going to use everything around you to push that seed out so that you can birth out what it is that he put inside of you. But if you don't understand what he put inside of you, then you will waste your seed. Okay. Y'all with me? This is why he said this treasure, just follow me, have I put it in earthen vessels that the excellency may not be of them but of God. Strategy, strategy, the reason why we are still here is because God had a strategy. When the enemy had us surrounded, how many of us know that there were certain things we know we should not have made it out of? But God had a strategy. When you understand and you look at situations, how you broke down. See, my thing is this. We put up a good front in church, but when you real, you, you, when you really real, how many of you know you face something that broke you down to your lowest common denominator? And you thought that there was no way out. You cried your tears. Your heart was broken. Amen. How many of you ever been in a situation where you thought you were going to lose your mind? You ain't really had your heart broken. You ain't really been disappointed. My brain is being held together right now by bubblegum tape, scotch tape, and a shoestring. But I'm still glad I got what little bit of sense that God gave me. See, when you understand that God has put you and allowed you to go through some things, amen, this is what you got to understand. He, he had a strategy because if not, you would have committed suicide. You would have been a stillborn. If not, you would have left a long time ago. But how many of you know we can still praise God with the right mind understanding who he is because he still has a strategy for you even when people cut you off how many of you know God amen didn't count you out because he still has a strategy for your life this is what Paul talks about in the manifold wisdom of God. Hear me, the manifold wisdom. He said the strategy is in his crevices and in his creases. Amen. This is why, oh God, the Lord had to just drop this into me. This is why with the woman with the issue of blood, amen, why she had to go down and touch the hem of his garment. Because when she touched the hem of his garment, she wasn't just touching the hem, but she was touching the strategy. And when you touch the strategy, God is going to release wisdom upon your life and glory upon your life. Because you're not trying to get it the same way other people tried to get it. But you're doing something different. And God said, because you touched me, I'm going to release my glory so that other people will wonder how it got done. But you can say, I touched his strategy. What you're trying to raise in regards to money. What you're trying to raise in regards to getting a building. What you're trying to raise in regards to reaching the community. You're doing something that other people aren't doing. Because if you always do what you always did, then you're 
always get, what you always got. And God is saying, do something different. Touch my strategy. Just tell him, touch the strategy. Touch the strategy. He, he, he has something different. And the plan is already in place. And God said, I put the seed inside of you. I put the seed inside of you. And this is why your being fought is not because of what's on you, Joseph, but it's because of what's in you. And the enemy senses that there's greatness inside of you and he wants you to paralyze your walk focusing on external things and God said I have greater for you don't ever be so concerned with the outside that you forget what I placed inside of you if you ever figure out What's in you? And I want everybody to understand it. There's seed in you. If you ever figure it out, then you have the ability to change everything around you. When you know your purpose for being here, you understand that you weren't just put here, but you were placed here to be a world changer. A tree is not just a tree, but a tree has the ability, amen, to take in carbon dioxide and release oxygen. It has the ability to cross-pollinate with different other things. It has the ability to produce fruit. I want you to understand this because when you understand what's really in you, I think you'll spend less time comparing yourself to other people. Oh goodness, I'll get in trouble every, that's number one. All right, let's roll, let's roll. See, 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 I, I've learned in my short-lived life, the problem is you don't spend enough time discerning what's in you because you're spending your time discerning what's in other people. Oh, I think I lost them all right there. See, see when, when I really understood who I was, it really didn't matter what other people were doing because I had to spend my time focusing on me, honing my craft, getting ready to be the best Kenny Ford that I could be. So my thing is just the Bible says, let each person work out their own soul salvation with fear and trembling. And if I'm busy worrying about you, then I have no time to focus on me. There are some people, amen, they all in your Kool-Aid, as the old school used to say, and don't know the flavor. There are some people, they need to learn how to mind their business and focus on you. Somebody just holler at your boy and say, do you? do you? Hey, if it works for you, that's between you and God. But amen, my God, our God. See, when you're really walking, oh God, I'm going with, I'm going with this. Uh, let me get to this, let me get to this, let me get to this, let me get to this. Because when you're focusing on you, your deliverance and your breakthrough will not come from discerning what's in somebody else. Your breakthrough and discernment will only come, amen, from when you understand what's inside of you, amen. And when God is generous enough to release this to you, you understand that the world is waiting for you. Some people, amen, the enemy has tied you up so long, the world is waiting for you to be generous with what has been placed inside of you. The key is knowing what's inside of you. Hear me. And the enemy has paralyzed so many people with the issues and things that are around them that they don't believe they have anything in them. Oh, goodness. So the world has told you you're no good. Let me rephrase this. Please, don't take, I know this don't happen here. The church has told you that you're no good. Oh, that's number two. Your family has told you that you're no good. So you're now stuck in limbo 
because you don't know who you are. But the Lord said, the word for the house on today is the devil is a liar. You have purpose. You have destiny. You have greatness. You have a reason. You have liberty. You have an anointing. You have breakthrough power. You will lay hands on the sick and watch them get well. You will speak words in one place and they'll be performed in another. You will see things that other people cannot see. You'll hear things that other people cannot hear. And though people have tried to stifle the anointing on your life, if they could have killed you, they would have did it a long time ago. How many of you know if you were going to break it would have happened already but you're still here God said you're still here you're still alive and I got purpose for your life and I place you here so that the seed that's inside of you here it is you can be generous with generous 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 can I give you one more point as it relates to the seed in you let me help you out let me help you out you can't be mentored by somebody who's intimidated by the seed that's in you. Get, get my get my diddy turn on. See, 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 you cannot be mentored by somebody who's intimidated by the seed that's inside of you. Let me help you out. I'll say it one more again. See, let me help you out because when you are secure with what's in you, then you understand that if another person comes, that you're to cross-pollinate cross to create more fruit and that much more fruit. So I don't got to hate on you because of the fruit that's in you. I can understand that you were sent into my life for me to help you and you were sent into my life for, for, for you to help me because when we cross-pollinate we can do more together than we can apart. The Bible says one can chase a thousand and two can chase ten thousand. The difference between us getting together is nine thousand demons being put to flight but if you're intimidated you'll try and kill the person instead of the enemy. So many people who are being shot at by their own leader. Let me help you out, because I learned a long time ago. I'm a big boy. I can take it. Let me help you out. See, I'm not concerned about me. I'm concerned with the so many souls that God has sent to different leaders and they don't even know they're being led by Saul. I'm just saying this. I'm putting it out there. Uh, amen. I know Rose Hart. I know Lee's Hart. They, amen. They are Davids. They, they're true shepherds. Amen. But I understand. Give God a hand clap of praise for them right now. When you're being led by real people, amen, the fruit is very evident. But when you're being controlled, when you're being led by Saul, Saul is very manipulating, amen. Saul is very, amen, uh, an opportunist. Saul, amen, wants to kill David because David has the anointing on him. This is why, amen. Oh, God, let me help you out one more time. I don't know why God has given me this. Uh, this is why when David, amen, came back from battle, when Saul came back from battle, see, the people were talking. And people will always let you know what's really going on in a body of people. They said Saul has killed his thousand and David his tens of thousand. Instead of him being happy that 10,000 are gone, 11,000 are gone, he wanted to know how come they were giving more credit to him than they were to me. When a, and the Bible says from that point on, he kept the jealous eye on David. When you truly understand who you are, you are secure with the 30-fold, the 60-fold, or the 100-fold because whatever fold God has given you, that's the fold that he wanted you to have. So I ain't got to hate on nobody with a major church. I ain't got to hate on nobody with thousands of members. I ain't got to hate on nobody with a mega church because the anointing that's on me is for me and what God has placed for them is for them. So my thing is this, celebrate the hundredfold while you're at the thirtyfold so God can trust you with the hundredfold that you won't start acting stupid when you get it. See, see, 
See, because people can't help me if they can't help themselves. Okay, all right, generosity. Generosity. Showing a readiness to give more of something as money or time than strictly necessary or expected. It wasn't expected. You were just generous. Showing kindness and concern for others. The problem is never with the seed, but the problem is always with the sower. The Bible says, amen, in Matthew chapter 9, he said, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the harvest field. He said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. The problem was not with the seed. The problem was with the sower. Can I give you this? And we're going to wrap this up. I promise you. Second Corinthians, it said, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each one of you should give what you have decided to give in your heart. Somebody said decided to give. In my heart. Oh, goodness. Y'all ain't saying it like you mean it. Somebody say in my heart. Because God says not out of compulsion, not because somebody tried to make you feel guilty, but the Lord loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless abundantly so that in all things, at all times, you will abound in every good work. They scattered their gifts freely to the poor and righteousness endures forever. Here's the key. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your seed and will enlarge your harvest and righteousness. So God is saying, what I placed in you, if you're willing to give it, I will bless you with more than what you gave. Okay. So what it comes down to is a trust issue. What I'm finding out is that the issue is a matter of an issue with the heart. That's why when I said, tell me your heart, half the group said it, half the group didn't. I could tell what's in your heart. Uh-oh. See, because there are people, watch this. The problem is not have you been saved. The problem is have you been converted. There's a difference between being saved and being converted. See, because everybody, amen, can receive salvation. But the true test is have you been converted. Because conversion doesn't happen with just confession. Conversion happens in your heart. And until your heart has been changed, you can say you love Jesus, but your actions show me something different. Conversion. Conversion happens like with Paul on the road to Damascus and he was persecuting the church. And the Bible says a bright light shined and knocked him off his beast. And as he was down, he looked up at the light and said, Lord, who is it? He said, it is I, Jesus, whom you persecute. And it is hard to kick against the gold. A gold was a spike or a prick that was put into the confines of a stable so that when an ox or a mule would kick this prick, it would bloody up his foot so much that it would learn to stay within the confines of the stall. God said some people in here, yes you are saved but you have not been converted and every time you try to do something that is not in my will, you keep bloodying up your foot. God said because you mean that much to me that I'm going to let you, not going to let you go the way of everybody else because I have a purpose for your life and until you learn to get in line with what I've designed for you to do, you're going to keep getting into a bloody mess. It ain't the devil you fighting. It ain't no demon. It ain't no enemy. You trying to fight against God. I would rather fight a demon because if that's the case, I know I got Jesus on my side. But when you fighting against him, you ain't got no help. Conversion. 
version. It's like what Zacchaeus, when he heard that Jesus was coming and he ran up the tree. And when he saw that Jesus was coming, watch this one I'm getting ready to say. It's going to tie in the generosity and we about to roll. Because you got to understand this, that when the Lord saw him, he said, Zacchaeus, come down with me. Today I'm going to eat in your house. Zacchaeus was short in stature. Zacchaeus had a money problem. Listen at this. The people wondered why in the world is Jesus eating with the sinner? Why in the world is Jesus eating with this man who robbed us? Because the Lord said, I'm generous enough to give love and amen. I'm generous enough to give grace to whomever I so choose. Now watch what happens when you give what's inside of you. He showed him love even though the man knew no love. And when he, amen, had an encounter with Jesus, Zacchaeus rose up and said that I'm going to give everyone back that I cheated their money and then some. Because the problem is you have people who have had an encounter with church. You have people who have had an encounter with music. You have people who have had an encounter with dancing. You have people who have had an encounter with outreach. You have people who have had an encounter with all the things and the amenities that go along with church. They have experience with church, but they have not had an encounter with Jesus because when you encounter Jesus, he changes everything about the trajectory of your life and you have too many people who got the fluff, but my question is, do you know Jesus or are you perping? got people who know how to perp that they know Jesus but the question is you'll know you know him when what's inside of you is required of you oh goodness I think I lost everybody right there so in my eight minutes let me just we might as well make it real good amen Will we gonna make it real good Amen. Somebody go start my car, get my horse ready, and we're going to ride back across the bridge. I'm going to make it real good and worth your while because this is it. You have people who know all of these things, but they don't know Jesus because the moment they are tested, they revert back to what they know instead of reverting back to what he told you. You ain't going to get one up on me. I'm going to let you know right now. See, my thing is this. See, now you save, but you getting into a honey child contest. You know sisters know how to get into a honey child contest. I ain't going to let your eyes outroll my eyes. I ain't going to let, no, you will not. I ain't going to let your neck outroll my neck. Uh-uh. You going to show your claws? I'm going to show you my hiss. See, my thing is this. You got, see, men do the same thing, but in a different way. You got to understand. You got to understand this. See, when you are truly saved, you don't respond the way your flesh wants you to. You respond the way the spirit tells you to. How many of you know, amen, that you can throw heaping coals on a person by doing what they, what they don't expect you to do? It's better, amen. You can love the hell out of somebody. Let let me just be real with you on this morning. You can love the hell straight out of somebody. They want you to come back with a dagger. You killed my dog. I'm going to kill your cat. No, you come back and just love them. Tell them God bless you. You know, thank you so much. You start loving on people. It'll make them even matter than if you try to attack them. But that's the love of Christ that's inside of you that can drive that demon out of them. Let me help you out. See, see, see. The problem is this, you have people who can't move into generosity because they're moving in ownership and God wants you to move in stewardship. There's a difference between ownership and stewardship. Y'all with me? Come on, we're going to make it good. So, 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 so when you understand you own nothing, then you can move the way the Lord wants you to move. See, when you understand that them little baby, them little baby kids, them little demons, them little angels or fallen angels, whatever you got, when, you got to understand that they don't belong to you. They belong to God. Oh, this is why we dedicate them back unto the Lord and do all that stuff. Because you got to understand that whatever God gave it to you, he didn't give it to you for you to own. He gave it to you on loan. We've never seen a hearse followed by a U-Haul. Somebody got it. 
you can't take your possessions with you to the grave. See, you got to understand that whenever God has given you anything, he gave it to you on loan because he wants to know, can he trust you with more? Oh, now we're getting into this. This is what you got to understand, that what you have right now is not for you to hoard over. It's not for you to keep it like, amen, Daffy Duck in the mind, mind, mind. No, 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 off, off, off. No, what God gave to you, he gave to you for you to give away. woo This is why even the tomb that he was buried in, he said, listen, I'm going to borrow it. I don't even want to keep it because I have no intentions on staying in the ground because in three days I'm getting up with all power in my hand. You got to know that God has given it to you on loan because he wants to give you more. All right, all right, all right. Here it is. Can the Lord trust you with what you have? You got to be able to move, number one, in obedience. Somebody say obedience. Obedience is not always popular, but obedience will position you. God is saying, I want to position you to bless you like never before. And when you get in this posture, I'm going to pour out oil from heaven so much that your vats will never run out and that you will never be empty again. God is saying, I need you to get into the right position. But in order for you to get into the right position, you got to be obedient to the word that I give you. Can you be obedient with the few things so that God can make you ruler over the many? God is saying, I'm going to give you something in your hand and I'm going to test you to see if you can be faithful over it. You got to be faithful over the apartment before God can make you faithful over the mortgage payment in the house. Oh, y'all missed it. You got to be faithful with the $15 an hour before God clocking in on time, doing your assignment, doing what God called you to do. Amen. So that God can say, I can trust you now with $30 an hour. You got to be faithful. Amen. With the hoop that you got now, making sure the oil's changed, making sure, amen, everything's going right with it, making sure the gas is right before God can trust you with the car that you always desired. You got to be faithful, amen, with nobody so that when God brings you somebody, you don't start tripping oh god let me i don't know why god got me going see see some people god can't give you nobody because you'll put the person above god when god sent the person into your life to be a help you make them god and forget about him and god said there is no other god besides me see there are some people you gotta learn amen can you worship can you pray with me can you bless the lord the same way that i do because when that comes along you'll bless the lord together instead of making a person your god I said, I, I can't trust you. Hmm. Can you be obedient, Elijah, and go to Ahab and tell him that there'll be neither dew nor rain except for when you say so? Oh, goodness. The king who likes to kill people, the king who's married to Jezebel, I ain't going to touch that topic today, but I, I'll come back. I'll get Jezebel for you. And, because Jezebel can't operate unless she has an Ahab. Oh, that spirit for you right there. See, we call her on the Jezebel spirit. She got a Jezebel spirit. But Jezebel can't move the way she do unless she got a jellyback man that, oh, God, won't stand up and put her in her place. Oh, see, oh, oh, see, this, this, coming for you soon, amen. No, 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 no. So there'll be no dew nor rain except at my word. This is what you got to understand. Amen. Number two. Amen. The word of God. Amen. Is to no avail if the vessel that's given it doesn't believe it. If you believe God's word, then you understand, like David said, that the word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. You'll understand that David said, thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. You'll understand, amen, that the word of God is a double-edged sword able to cut and divide both joint and marrow. You'll understand, amen, that when the centurion came before Jesus, watch this, amen, that he understood that I don't need you to come into my house. All you have to do is send the 
the word. Row, amen, pastors, leaders who understand the apostolic and the fivefold ministry, understand this. This is why you got to be careful. He said the power of life and death is in your mouth. He said how can sweet water and dirty water flow from the same cistern? You have the power in your mouth to create an atmosphere for God to bless you. This is why the enemy wants you to keep your mouth closed. You got to be generous with your praise. How many of you know God knows how to praise? I'll prove it. Amen. God, amen. With no choir, no worship team, he was generous with his praise. What was inside of him came out of him. He said, let there be and there was. 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 And after God created an atmosphere where his word had accomplished what he sent it out to do, he stepped back and said, it is good. When you learn, amen, how God operates and moves, you know how to bless the Lord, whether you got a crudiments or not. You'll learn how to bless the Lord, whether the worship team is there or not. You'll learn how to bless the Lord in your living room and in your bathroom and set an atmosphere for God to step in and move. But if you keep your mouth closed, you'll never get what God wants to be generous with you with. Because if the blessings go up, the praises come down. The Lord said, I'll inhabit the praises of my people. How many people have a praise welling up inside of them that they know if I open up my mouth, the very thing that I claim I can have. Somebody declare it right now. I owe him a praise. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Uh-huh. There's a word in you that you got to be generous with. There's a word in you that you've been holding. This word is for your family. This word is for your house. This word is for your money. This word, amen, is for your health. This word is for your mind. This word is for your community. Number three, in this place, he had to rely on the generosity of God. You can't get what God has for you until you move in the place he wants you to be. He said, move to Zarephath. I'm sorry, he said, move to the chair, Brooke, and I'm going to provide for you. The Lord said, I'm going to show you how generous I can be. Watch this. And when I show you how generous I can be, it creates an attitude of gratitude. How many of us in here know that we got some things that we know we did not deserve? The house you got, the job you got, the spouse you got, your health, things we take for granted. How many of you know if the Lord didn't pull some strings, you wouldn't have it right now? It creates an attitude of gratitude and it creates an attitude to where you're not selfish and stingy with what God gave you. Here it is. He used the bird. The word gave me a Lord for you, Ro. The Lord gave me a word for this house and everybody who came under the sound of my voice on today. The Lord used a carnivorous bird that the Jews considered unclean to feed Elijah. Now watch this. If you go out of here missing what I'm getting ready to say, you're going to miss what God wants to deposit into you. Because God is saying, watch this, bro. I'm going to use something that other people rejected and other people dejected to be a blessing to you. He said, I'm going to use the very thing, amen, that doesn't look like it's much. I'm going to use the very thing that people would not think was a blessing to you to be a blessing to you. But if you look at it in the natural, you'll say, oh, that's an imam. Oh, that's a developer. Oh, that's a this. Oh, because they don't worship and look the same way as you. God said the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. You got to move out of your own way and allow God to be generous to you like he's never been to you before. Somebody just declare it right now. Lord, I receive it. You got to be in a posture to receive from God. Amen. And you got to get your prejudices out of the way. This season, it may not come from people who look like you and worship like you. But God said, don't reject them because I sent them. And they're to be a blessing just to you. Somebody say, Lord, any way you bless me, I'll be satisfied. So everybody stand to your feet. Amen. Somebody just give God a praise and declare, Lord, any way you bless me, I'll be satisfied. 
Lord, if you bless me on the left, I'll be satisfied. If you bless me, if you're generous to me on the right, if you're generous to me, amen, through my ex, if you're generous to me through my current, if you're generous to me, amen, through my ups and downs, I'll bless you anyhow. Hear me. Here it is. Number four. God's in here to tell you that that last season is over. It's over. The way that you were used to being supplied to, the way that amen, you were depending on the birth. He said, that season is over. God said, I'm getting ready to move you in a new direction to get new results, to get new blessings, to get new anointings. How many of you are ready to move in this house? Elijah didn't move. He would have missed the generosity that was waiting in Zarephath. Your enemy is not an enemy, but the enemy is enemy. And procrastination has been the enemy of many of you for so long God says I want to bless you I died to bless you I hung to bless you I bled to bless you but you keep looking for it to come one way when God is saying I want you to move and when you move I'll bless you another way how many of you are ready to move in this house how many are ready to move in this house if you're ready for what God has for you you will not leave out of here the same way that you came. God says, get ready to walk into your Zarephath. Get ready because I got appointments for you. Get ready. I got divine meetings for you. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.